Living Hope is a church striving to become a 21st century apostolic church. We are founded upon the belief that the Bible is the inspired, infallible Word of God. We believe in the Great Commission, and we are endeavoring to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with love, mercy, and truth. Listen in as we share the Word, and that, through Jesus Christ, hope is alive. Good to see everybody on a Wednesday night. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's definitely not as hot out in here as it is outside. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Hopefully some of them will come back. Uh, if you got your Bibles tonight, turn with me again to the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 11, verse 4. How many of you liked having church all in one place Amen. on Sunday, right? I've been driving down the road several times this week and said, shut up, Joram. Right? I can do that, right? Pastor said it, so I can say it. Shut up, Joram. Sorry. I thought it was kind of cool. I looked at my boss today and almost said, shh. I can't use it on my wife because she was here and she'd be like, let me tell you something, pal. So I can't do that. Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 4. He who observes the wind will not sow. And he who regards the clouds will not reap. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Last week we talked about the first half of this verse. We discussed that there were two specific factors that successful, mature Christians truly grasp. How many of you want to be mature? How many of you want to be successful in your walk with God, right? So those, those things are things that we're going to have to grasp. And last week we talked about the fact that successful, mature Christians, they don't watch the wind. And we talked about that some. The enemy wants to control. He understands the power of your focus. And so the most effective people of God, the most effective children of the king are like an athlete. And they've come to understand that there is real power in focus. They've learned that the thoughts and even the ideas that capture their attention are most likely they're going to ultimately direct their thinking and determine their direction. And so we discussed some things that as mature believers that we can, that we can do to help us stay focused in, in a greatly distracted world. The first one is put our focus on Jesus Christ. Amen. How many of you remember talking about that? I'm going to focus on God, not on the wind that's blowing around me because the wind represents the distraction. And Peter was lost when he took his eyes off of the Lord and began to focus upon the wind and upon the waves. The second point that we talked about, just quickly running through these, we're, I'm going to focus on the right path. Amen? Straight is the gate and narrow is the way, right? I've always had a mental picture of that. There's a broad gate and there's a wide way that leads to destruction, but there is a specific way, there's a specific path, right? And, and we understand that. The, the steps of a good man, they're ordered of the Lord. They're not conditional. They're not based upon the, the weather. They're not based upon condition. They're steps. There's a path of righteousness that God has for them that love him. The third thing we talked about is Successful children of God focus on the Word. They're not distracted by the wind. I refuse to be distracted. I'm going to continue to sow that seed no matter what the wind is doing. Amen? I'm not responsible necessarily for the harvest. Paul said one's going to sow, one's going to, one's going to plant, one's going to water, but God gives the increase, right? Amen. And then the last one we talked about is those folks, they focus on things that are above. They're not moved by the wind. They're not distracted by what's blowing around them, but they've set their affection on things that are above and not on the things that are in the earth, right? And so as mature believers, as men and women of God, that's, the wind is there for the purpose to distract me, but my focus is going to keep me in the right path. And so tonight I want to talk to us about the second principle from Ecclesiastes chapter 4, this, 
necessary factor in the lives of successful believers, things that they have, uh, they have got a grasp of, an understanding of. And that we're going to talk about is found in the second half of that verse when he, he goes on to say that whoever regards the clouds will not reap. We're going to talk about the law of sowing and reaping. And some of you are going to say, well, Brother Roberts, I understand the laws of sowing and reaping. I, I believe that you do. But I, I think I, I feel in the Holy Ghost to remind us tonight of some of these things because we understand from last week that if I stop sowing, it can be devastating. It can, it can be devastating because I'm going to affect my future harvest. But if I stop harvesting, it's probably even more devastating than not sowing because the issue from a practical point of view is not necessarily just the cloud. We're going to talk about the cloud or, or even the rain or the storm because rains and storm and clouds, they're going to come into every life. But the issue that I really want to talk about tonight is the regard that we have for the cloud. And, and so in, in the natural sense, in a natural world, a storm, you see it happening uh, and it, can, it, it naturally is going to drive you inside. If you're outside enjoying a beautiful day and the storm clouds come, you're going to go inside. And maybe uh, even in the case of a major storm or a hurricane, it, it might lock us in the house for a day or two. But spiritually, there seems to be a difference because the, st the storms, those clouds seem to affect us at a much deeper level than they do in the natural sense. And certainly both types of storms, depending upon their severity, can be very devastating. But when we have regard for something, if you're taking notes tonight, I want this is a point that you really need to understand. When you regard something, it means that you're simply paying a lot of attention to it. You're giving it your attention. You're putting your attention on it. And so regard means to, to consider the impact of something before you act. If, if you... I know you're like me. We look at Pastor Staten and we say, I hold him in high regard. Why? I'm going to pay attention to him because he is a voice in my life that is leading me, that is helping me get to heaven. So I'm going to pay more attention to him than I might some other voice, right? You know, the hobo out on the sidewalk says, hey, man, and pastor's speaking at the same time. Likely pastor's going to get my greater level of attention. Probably a bad analogy, pastor against the hobo, you know, but... Uh, I'm trying to under, let you understand that when you have regard for something, you're going to consider it before you act. And, and, and when you have regard for something, you're going to think about that thing in a specific way. And so regard, re, regard includes not only your consideration, but your care and your concern and your thoughts. And so in a general sense, for us as humanity, as people, when we start talking about clouds, you know, they represent, you know, they, they, they seem to come out in a negative sense. Uh, I, I, I've never heard anybody in my life walk in the house and go, oh, man, it's cloudy outside. Oh, joy, it's going to rain today. It's not really our usual interpretation of the clouds. But in, in, in the lives of humanity, we know this. Clouds represent that sometimes or often change is coming. And more often than not, the change that is coming because of the cloud is an unwanted change. And it is even a step further, it's likely a change for the worse and not for the better. But on that bright sunny day, we see that cloud forming in the distance and, and we're conditioned. Our, our, our life experience has programmed us. We're, we're wired to feel a certain way. Like I said, I, I really haven't met anybody that gets really overly excited about clouds. Oh, joy. We were out fishing the other night, and we were watching the clouds as that big storm rolled through here. And, and we were like, okay, you know, is it time to go? Is it time to go? Is it time to go? And we were really paying close attention. And the same is true in your life. We, we pay attention to the, to the cloud because we know that change is coming. And so when we, when we see that cloud begin to form on the horizon, whether external or internal, there's just this measure of dread. There's just some sense of an impending storm is about to happen. And we understand whether we'll admit it, whether we verbalize it, that likely there's going to be some measure of disruption to our day or some measure of inconvenience. But it's just a cloud. It's just a storm. And so as a fisherman, 
I, I thought about this. When we look at the water, I, we were out the other day, and Brother Mahaska says, look how clear the water is. When we look at the water, we're, we're looking at the water, and we're looking to determine its purity, and a lack of clarity, we describe it as cloudy. Right? When we speak of someone, we might say he or she has a cloudy past. We're making a suggestion that we don't know much about that person or that they have been in some type of trouble. They have a cloudy past. And so in both the natural sense and in the spiritual sense, clouds represent the unknown. And they seem to bring with them, whether we will admit it or not, a sense of doom and even a sense of destruction. But I would even go one little step further for us as the church, as the people of God. Even the old songwriters would write the hymn. I think it was now Sister Jones, Sister Kravitz who used to sing the song. Oh, they tell me of a home far away. They tell me of a home far away where they tell me of an uncloudy day. We're planning something as a church and we're like, oh my goodness, we're gonna, it's going to be a cloudy day. It's going to rain. Why? Because we understand that the cloud brings an ominous feel with it. And if we're not careful as the children of God, we can not only watch that wind and lose our focus, but we can give more consideration than necessary to the cloud, and it can become a deterrent to our harvest. It can become a deterrent for what God wants for us. And so I think that certainly that we can understand this. And from purely a physical aspect, harvesting, the harvesting of wet wheat would not be a good thing. I've read some about how they would harvest the wheat. They would have the place of winnowing. It would be two walls where the wind would blow through, and they would literally take a pitchfork and throw the wheat into the air and allow the wind to separate the shaft from the wheat, and the, the heaviness of the wheat would fall to the ground, and the lightness of the chaff would cause it to blow away. But if the wheat were wet, there would be no winnowing. There would be no ability to, to, to reap of the harvest. And undoubtedly, a wet harvest would, would mildew, would mold, and likely spoil. And it would not be inconceivable that much, if not all of it, would be lost. And so while the rain is necessary, and while the rain is beneficial, and even, even needed during the growing season, the rain is not, not what we want during the harvest. And so this this second principle that we're going to dig into tonight, that mature believers have really gotten a hold of this, it's an inescapable law of the harvest. But before we even get into what I'm really going to talk about tonight, I want, you to, I want to remind you that the, the truth is that you hold your future in your own hands. I, I refute the ideology that is propagated in our world that my future is in the hands of a world leader. I'm a child of God. No matter how insignificant, no matter how obscure you feel, you need to know that you are a man or a woman of destiny. You're a child of God. You need to grasp that. And to observe the wind or to have regard to a cloud is to look at, the, to look at those natural conditions around you and determine whether or not you are going to sow and whether or not you are going to harvest is a travesty. It is a complete work of the enemy. And I, I, we talked about this last week. Your harvest is going to, your future is going to determine how much you're sowing, in, right? And you're going to receive only from what you sow. But these are some simple laws that I want us to talk about tonight. And that reaping and sowing, these principles apply to all of us. I do think it's, I think it's, it scares me to think that there could be people that fail to sow because their focus is somewhere else and, and they're waiting for a better or more appropriate time. But along those same lines, on the opposite side of that spectrum, are those who have sown, those who have been faithful, those that have walked with God, and those who do not reap a harvest because they're giving too much regard to the cloud. Even as I say this, some of you are thinking, what are we talking about harvest for? Why are we talking about it? I mean, because right now, we just can't have a spiritual harvest. I mean, you know, the church is upside down, and you know, don't you know, you big dummy, there's a pandemic going on. I mean, you know, you, you, the church is, we're just struggling to get by. We're just struggling. I don't know if you were here Sunday or not, but I didn't feel like we were struggling to get by. 
I felt the word being sown, and I felt a harvest of faith. And so, listen. But yet the cloud is speaking into the body and saying, oh, right now you can't do this and you can't do that. And, and when we get out of our natural, normal comfort zone because the cloud has driven us into a place where we're not comfortable, listen to me, where we're not comfortable, then we feel like we cannot harvest. And so we feel like it's not time yet. And I, and I keep hearing this over and over and over again to the point where I want to scream at somebody. I've really shown some great restraint. When all of this is done, when we get through this and when we get back to normal, I, I want to grab somebody by their scrawny little neck and say, shut up, because that's not the child of God that I am. My, listen, my, the, the, this whole idea, this cloud is pushing people into a place of fear and they're losing their expectation and they're no longer walking by faith, but they're walking only by the sight of the cloud. Can I remind somebody that just 10 days ago, Sister Staten stood in this pulpit and spoke to this body in two services that this would be a time of harvest for this church. And some of you good folk who have spent too much time watching the wind and are paying too much attention to the cloud, you said, Gave her the great golf clap and said, that's great. That's just so sweet, Sister Staten. We're glad your husband gave you an opportunity. Oh, my goodness. Didn't she see the storm? What about social distancing? What about all? What about it? What has that got to do with my harvest? I I, want to spend some time tonight on this. I know I've spent a lot of time laying some groundwork here, but I want to to give you some some simple principles from the Word of God that I hope will help you because I'm not going to give too much regard to the cloud. The storm is just a storm, and it too shall pass. Galatians chapter 6. Verses 7 and 8, Paul writes to the church of Galatia and says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. The Phillips translation says it this way, A man's harvest in his life will depend entirely upon what he sows. The first point that I want to talk about tonight is that whatever I sow, that is what I will reap. I need to understand that. You need to understand that. But before I dig into that premise, you need to understand that at the beginning of that verse, there are two very simple, very important points that Paul says has to be dealt with before I can deal with the law, this simple law, that whatever I sow, that is what I'm going to reap. And the first one is deception. Paul said it this way. He said, be not deceived. The Bible is clear that in the last day, many shall be deceived. Deception is really simple. It's believing that you can sow one thing and reap something else. Amen? Listen, you need to understand, that's the first point. We're going to talk about that some more here. The second important factor is is that God cannot, he will not, he cannot be mocked. Plenty of people have tried and plenty of people have failed. But it is a simple point. You cannot change a law of Almighty God. He put it in perpetual motion. You can't change it. I can't change it. It's a very simple law. Whatever you sow, whatever you plant, whatever you produce in life is exactly or the same kind or the same species that you're going to reap. A farmer cannot sow corn and expect tomatoes. He can't plant beans and expect pumpkins. It it just... If he does, he's a foolish man. But in spiritual life, we've got to remember the law applies to each of our lives. We will only reap what has been sown. If you sow nothing, you will reap. Thank you. There's a rocket scientist in the house. When you sow seeds of kindness, it's likely you'll reap a harvest of friendship. The truth is we cannot sow bitterness hate, gossip, envy, expecting to reap love, joy, and peace. You can't sow negativity and expect to reap something positive. You can't sow greed and expect to reap a harvest of abundance. You cannot sow disobedience and expect 
that God is going to bless you and yield you with a harvest of blessing. It's just not going to happen. An old-time preacher said it this way, some folk have sown bad seed and they're praying for a failed harvest. It is a principle of God's Word that it goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 11. God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb, the yielding seed, and the fruit of the tree after its kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. And the earth did what God said and brought forth grass and herb yielding seed after its kind, and the tree yielding fruit whose seed was in itself after its kind. And God saw that it was good. I know humanity. Humanity goes, but what about the cloud? What about the cloud? What about the cloud, right? This is more than a principle. It is a law. And everything that produces after its kind, God cannot be mocked. The church cannot hide in a corner and be the church. He said, you're a city set on a hill. You're a light on top of the hill. The church cannot hide herself away and fulfill the purpose of God. You can't sow peas and produce watermelon. You can't breed donkeys and produce thoroughbreds. No one can sow evil and produce good. I'm telling this right now. You can't sow discord and get unity. It's just not going to happen. You can't, you can't you plant lies and produce truth. You can't sow sin and produce holiness. It doesn't work that way. If we sow to the Spirit, we'll reap of the Spirit. If we sow to the flesh, we'll reap of the flesh. Amen? We fill our minds and our hearts with something that's evil, and we can't bring something good out of it. And so Paul, in his writing here to those foolish saints at Galatia who started out in the Spirit, and they desired to finish and progress the progress of their Christianity in the flesh, they had begun to give more regard to the cloud. Let me put it this way. They had begun to give more regard to the flesh. Right? than they did to the Spirit. And they wanted to reap spiritual blessing by sowing to natural things. And I recognize the fact, and I'm not belittling that. I, I, I pastor said this earlier. I, I promise you, I've not hugged anybody. I've only maybe shaken a couple hands. I'll give you a fist bump. I am a full-blown diabetic, and I am at higher risk than most of you, and I'm not shaking hands or hugging. I still love you. I'm not going to give you a kiss on the cheek even if we don't have a pandemic. <laughs> Tell him, Sister Barry, Brother Roberts has got a little personal space, and he does not like it invaded unless you're one of the Tackett girls. It's a very exclusive club. But understand what I'm saying. We cannot give more regard to the sound of the cloud the media is propagating than we do to the Word of God. We cannot give more regard to the fear of a pandemic than we do to faith in Jesus Christ. That focus thing, that attention thing, it's real. It's called regard. And so some, some got caught up watching the wind and they refused to sow. Others got caught up looking at the cloud and said, I just can't harvest because I'm afraid that I'm going to lose the harvest. Uh, understand this. God will not be mocked. He's never going to. Listen, just because you see a cloud does not make it more relevant than the truth. Now, I'm, I'm a realist, and, I, and I, I get that. I understand this. I am smart enough on most occasions to come outside or to come inside out of the rain. I believe that I am generally smart enough that when it rains and I have an opportunity to get out of the rain, I'm smart enough to get out of the rain. How many of you are with me? Okay, there's three of you that are not. All right, well, you need to come back next week. Maybe we'll talk about that. Here's my point. Just because there is a storm does not change the law of God. You will only reap what you have sown. I know this pandemic pushed us all into our homes. And as a result of that, some people quit praying. 
Some people quit worshiping. Some people quit reading their Bible. Some people quit, quit sowing into the spiritual things. And they began to wonder when the harvest began to come to life, when that flesh began to rise up, what's going on? And they feel all out of sorts. And there really is, there really is an enemy that is working overtime to beat the church down and to make us go into this place. And I'm not telling you that we should be doing anything different than what we're doing. You know, I, I am all for all of the, the precautions that we're taking. I don't want anybody to get sick, but I'm telling you, we cannot give more attention to the cloud than we do to truth of Jesus Christ. Amen. Point number two, tell your neighbor, I am not the only sower. In life and in spiritual matters, everyone and just about everything has the ability to produce something else or to sow, right? And, and so here, here's the thing. Choices and decisions that we make are ultimately going to have consequences. And sometimes we're going to reap because of what somebody else has sown. Pastor preached about this, uh, I don't remember how long ago, Matthew chapter 13. Jesus gives his disciples a, a parable here. Another parable he put forth, Matthew 13, verse 24, unto them saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. Now, the enemy uses every cloud. He uses every opportunity to sow discord into your spirit and into my spirit. Hello? The enemy uses every cloud. He uses every opportunity to sow fear into your spirit and into my spirit. He uses the cloud to sow anxiety. He wants to rob you of those things, right? But this last sentence of verse 25 says, and he went his way. You, you need to understand what's really going on. This is something very telling about the enemy and about how he, sow, how he sows his seed. He knew the soil. The Bible just says he'd come out while good men slept and he sowed his seed. He didn't hang around. He didn't do nothing with the seed. He just put the seed down and he went about his way. Why? Because he knew where to plant the seed. He knew how to plant the seed. And he knew exactly how the seed would take root and how the seed would grow. It's inferred that he only had to sow the seed and just leave it alone. Why? Because our enemy knows the soil where he's sowing his tainted and untrue doctrine. He knows that when he sows into the human heart, it will take root and it will grow. It will grow rapidly and it will grow deeply. And if very little care is needed. Now here, here's my point. I'm telling you this, you need to understand this. Truth is different than a lie. A lie is just like a weed. It will grow on its own, and it will produce and produce and produce and produce. But truth, when it is planted, it needs constant attention, and it needs constant care. There is a tremendous difference between a lie that is planted in your spirit and truth that is planted in your spirit. Why? Because the heart is full of deception. The heart is full of sin and the heart is full of hypocrisy. Those are native products of the human heart. And when left alone, just like weeds, they grow naturally and normally. You got to get this. You got to understand this. But when truth goes in, it's an unnatural substance in a fleshly human heart. And it must be watered. It must be cared for. It must be out. You got to be there every day watering over that. That's why you need to take notes. That's why you need to amen the preacher. That's why you need. Why? Because truth does not grow as naturally in your life as a lie does. It's much more difficult. See, because that lie comes up and you're thinking, man, that's my cloud. It's my harvest. But it's not your cloud. It's not your cloud. It's not your harvest. Because you're not the only one that's sowing. See, Job understood this, but Job's wife did not. Job, Job looked at the cloud that was in his life and said, you know what? This cannot possibly be my harvest. This is not what I planted. Because the law says you're only going to reap what you sow, right? You're going to reap what you sow. I, Job could look around and say, I did not plant destruction. I did not plant loss. I did not plant sickness. I planted none of those things in my life. And his wife looked at the cloud and said, Job, 
Why don't you just curse God and die? And Job said, no, 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 I cannot be the only one that is sowing here. This is a harvest, but hear me, this is not my harvest. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Listen, listen, you got to understand this. This pandemic is a harvest, but it is not my harvest. All of this craziness is a real harvest. There's a real cloud, but it's not the harvest of the church. I wasn't surprised, Sister Staten, when you stood up and said, God said, this will be a time of harvest. I said to myself, why not? Because God doesn't look at the cloud. No, no, no. You go back and read. He said, said, Noah, after that flood happened, he said, Noah, look, when the cloud comes, I'm going to put the bow of my promise in the middle of it. Even though there's a cloud, I'm not done yet. This is not my harvest. But the clouds are gathering and thickening and deepening and they're telling us this is your harvest. This is not the harvest for the church. Some of you were looking at me like I was crazy when I said to you, world leaders don't determine our future. They don't determine my future. I'm going to live. I'm going to go through whatever I go through and I'm going to die and I will be in heaven. That's my harvest. If pandemic kills me next week, I'm still going to harvest what I've sown. I'm going to reap the benefit of spiritual walk with Jesus Christ. Job asked the question, if a man dies, shall he live again? And he goes on to say this in Job 14 and 14, all the days of my appointed time will I wait. What? Job said, this is just a storm. This is just a cloud. This is just one of those things that's going through life, but this is not my harvest. See, Job and Job's wife, they both both saw the same cloud that had formed in Job's life. And Job's wife gave a great regard to the cloud, but Job Job did not. He said, even if this cloud kills me, it's still not my harvest. Oh, I wish somebody could get what I'm saying. Job said, listen, here's the truth. Listen, I know my Redeemer, and I know that I'm going to stand. That's what Job said. Job said, listen, I don't care what the storm says. I don't care what the cloud says. I'm not watching the wind. I'm not giving more attention to the cloud. I know it's raining. I know it's storming. I've lost everything, but this is still not my harvest. I'm not the only one sowing. You're not the only one sowing. The enemy is still sowing, and we're still going to reap things that we haven't sown. But the truth remains, you will reap spiritually what you have sown. So don't quit sowing, and don't quit harvesting. Don't give regard to the cloud, because just because of the cloud does not mean it's our... I'm already working on these notes a couple of weeks ago, Sister Staten. You stood up here and said, this is the time of harvest. And I said, yeah, it is. Not a pandemic. Pandemic ain't my harvest. Is it affecting me? Yep, I'm wet. Yeah, it's blown my hair out of place a couple times. Yeah, I had some water in my basement. There's some things going. It's a pandemic. It's, it's affecting all of us, but it's not our harvest. Hear me when I say it's not our harvest. Our harvest. Come on, listen. Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. I'm a child of God. I'm a son of the king. My harvest. I'm not quitting sowing. I'm going to come to church every time the doors open. I'm going to be here for prayer. I'm going to lift up my hands and praise God. I'm going to, I'm going to preach with the preacher. I'm going to shout. If i got to sit up here or back there or down there or around there or whatever, I don't care. I'll stand behind the baptistry. It don't make a difference to me. That's not who I am. This is not my harvest. I'm going to prove it to you. John chapter 4, my favorite chapter in the Bible. Verse 34 through 35, Jesus looks at his disciples. You know the story. The woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. Jesus sends 11 dudes to buy lunch for 12. Comes back, right? All right, you knuckleheads, you go get some food. I'm going to talk to this crazy woman. They have their discussion at the well. Jesus says, you silly woman, you don't know what you're doing. She goes, oh, my God, you didn't even bring a bucket. They have this great, this great discourse, right? And now Jesus is back with the disciples. And they said, Master, are you hungry? He said, I'm not hungry. I got something to do. 
And they look around and said, you know, he, he looks around and stops and says, did you give him some food? I didn't give him. Did you give him some food? I didn't give him no food. Who gave him some food? He said, I'm not hungry. My meat, my, I, I, I've already eaten of something. And I can imagine in my mind as this begins to unfold that he's looking at the village and they're looking at him, all of them with dumb looks. They all got the same dumb look. What's going on here? And Jesus said this, Say ye not, there are yet four, more, four months, and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look over on those fields, for they're white already with harvest. Obviously, there was a, a, a wheat field between Jesus and the village. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth are going to rejoice together. I could stop right there, but I need to move on. Verse 37, and herein is that saying true, one soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereupon you bestowed no labor, and other men labored, and you're entered into their labors. Listen, Jesus is sitting here talking to these men about this, and they're confused. They're like dumb looks are free. They're not charging a cent, and they're, they're going, what in the world is he talking about? What's going on? But I just got somewhere in the back of my mind, I could see that this entire crowd, because what happens is this crazy woman runs back to her village and says, I just met a man who told me everything I ever done. Is this not the Christ? And everybody dropped what they were doing in the village, and they began to run out of the village, and they came to Jesus. Now, the, the disciples, they have no idea about the conversation, about the seed that Jesus has been sown into the Samaritan woman's life, all that's gone on. One commentator even went so far as to say that the workers in a village would all wear white. And when Jesus looked up, he saw everybody wearing white coming to him. And he's saying, look, he's not talking about the wheat harvest that was four months away. He's talking about the seed that he sowed in that woman's life that is already producing a harvest. And he looks at them. He's making a point. You're not the only one sowing here. It may look like a storm. It may look like a cloud. But you got to understand the word of God and the spirit of God. Come on, the church of the living God is sowing something into your life that you're not sowing. Oh, but the pandemic, I know, I know, I know. Oh, but the pandemic, Brother Roberts, can't you see that? I see the pandemic. I see the cloud. But there's somebody else sowing in your life. Yes, the enemy's coming in. Yes, he's sowing seed. Yes, it's getting into your heart. Yes, you've got to work to water truth and make it produce what God wants to produce. But you've got to understand there is a spirit of God that is sowing truth and prosperity and power and blessing and anointing into our lives. Some of you need to get a history book and go back and read about the early church. The more it stormed, the more they were persecuted, the more they grew. The more they were put down, the bigger it got. The more they said don't, the more they did. This is not, come on. Sister State, I was sitting here for two weeks going, because I understood what she was saying. God said, this is a time of harvest. I'm telling somebody, quit paying attention to the cloud and say, God, I'm ready for my harvest. <laughs> quit being Job and start being Job. Quit being Job's wife and start being Job. Amen. I know how Job would have said something. When she looked at him and she's like, Job, come on, Job. This is ridiculous. We lost everything. Job, I married you because you had money and fast cars and shiny rings. Job, I married you because you was the jam. And the, right? I, I, mar I married you because you were all that, and now you got nothing. You're laying in the street, and the dog's licking your source. Why don't you just, and he, I, could, I know what Job, Job would have been like Brother Roberts. Woman? Get thee behind me, Satan. Don't speak that junk into my life because while this may be a harvest, it's not my harvest. Even if he kills me, I shall see my Redeemer. I'm going to stand at the last day. I'm talking faith to the church right now. That all of the cloud and everybody's paying attention to the cloud and I'm turning the news off. Did you hear? I ain't here. Do you want to hear? I don't want to hear. No, 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 no. I, I, look, I, I'm not trying to hide under a rock. 
but you got, you got to get this. You think things were bad? Jesus Christ, a Jewish man in the lineage of David, walks out to a well and has a conversation with a Samaritan woman. You talk about a storm. He spends an entire afternoon with a floozy, with a woman of ill repute, right? right? And you think, you think we got a storm? I'm sure somebody would say, now, Jesus, now, Jesus, you just don't know. She's not like us. She's not pure like us, Jesus. There's a cloud there. See, she's a Samaritan. She's a half Jew and a half Gentile. Her life, Jesus, is a little cloudy. I'm talking about where somebody's living now. That's not living hope. There's all the world saying they're not like us. They're different than us. They're not like us. And Jesus said, you know what you're talking about? Listen, I, you, you're, you're talking about the cloud. You're, you're, you're caught up on the fact that she's a Samaritan woman. You're caught up on the fact that she's not like us. And I'm telling you, look behind you. There's a harvest coming of people who are not like you. I'm telling you, it's, more, it's time for the church to be the church. Just because they're not like us doesn't mean they're not part of the harvest. Just because it doesn't happen in this building doesn't make it not part of the harvest. What are you talking about, Brother Roberts? I'm talking about it's time to get our Bible study charts out. It's time to start walking through neighborhoods. Wear your mask if you have to, but lift your hands and pray in the Holy Ghost. Somebody needs to start carrying a Bible with them. Why? Because everybody else is seeing the cloud. Everybody else is saying, why don't you just give up and die? Everybody else. But listen, the church, it's time for us to be the church. I'm not giving regard to the cloud. Oh, Jesus, don't you see the wind blowing? Don't you see? No, no, no. Jesus, look, there's a, there's a great, big, mighty harvest. And it's coming. But you got to believe it because you can't harvest a thing if you're looking at the cloud. You can't cut one sickle of corn. You can't take down any wheat. You're no, you, could never, you could never harvest anything in your life if you're still looking at the cloud. But if we can get our eyes off of the wind and begin to not pay so much attention to the cloud and put our focus back where it's at. Somebody hear what I'm talking about? Because you know what happened to that woman? Jesus spends an afternoon with her at the well with a woman he shouldn't have nothing to do because he was a Jew and she was not. And Jesus does what everybody else would have told him not to do. And she goes back to the village. He sowed into her life for just a few moments in an afternoon at a well. And she begins to sow to an entire village. And next thing you know, that... Oh, come on, somebody. Quit looking at the cloud and allow the word of God to be sown through you. You're not the only one sowing. The law is the law. You can't break it. You can't deceive it. You can't, you can't mock God. You are not gonna, you're not going to harvest something you didn't sow. You're not going to harvest. You, if you're going to have the blessing of Brother Jesus, you're going to you're have to sow some tithe and some offering. You're going to have to sacrifice. You're going to have to give. Why? Because that's the principle of God's word that cannot be changed. God will not be mocked. But you need to understand there's an enemy that's sowing in your life, but there's also a spirit of God that is sowing. You're not the only one sowing. And every cloud does not mean it's your harvest. It may rain in your life and you may get wet and you may fall down and you may thunder, but it is not your harvest. Amen. Number three, I'm out of time. I always reap in a different season than the one in which I sow. In agriculture, there's just no automatic instant results. It's not like, you know, throw something in the microwave. James said it this way in James chapter 5, verse 7 and 8. He said, be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Unto the coming of the Lord. I think I heard that somewhere recently. Be patient, therefore, brethren, because there's a harvest coming. Behold, the husbandman, he's waiting long. What? For precious fruit of the earth and have long patience for it until he received the early and the latter rain. Be ye also patient. Establish your heart for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. James uses the farmer as an example of patience. The farmer was dependent upon two rains, the early rain 
that came at a planting time and the latter rain that came at the harvest time. And without those two specific rains, the crop would not be a harvestable crop. And so the farmer could not force the rain. All he could do was wait for the rain. He had to depend upon the Lord who ordained the rain, who sent the rain at the proper time. Somebody hear me. The lesson is clear. We are helpless without God's divine intervention. Nevertheless, we are called of God in circumstances over which we have no control. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? I might catch COVID. I'm not belittling anybody. I just can't grasp because I'm convinced that the enemy has sown the lie into someone's heart that you can wear a mask into Walmart and not get COVID. But you can't come to the house of God, masked or maskless, gloved or ungloved, touched or untouched, and not catch it. Because what I told you is the truth. Because that lie gets in and it just grows automatically. COVID, COVID, COVID's at church. They didn't ban Walmart, but they banned religious services. Not a rocket scientist, don't have a degree, don't understand it, but that sounds like a cloud to me. And some people are paying a lot more attention to it. Listen, clouds are always going to bring a harvest, but I have got to be patient. And listen, my... I'm not going to reap in the same season I've sown. Some of y'all are missing this. You don't understand, Sister Lawrence, all those prayer meetings, all those Bible studies, all those Wednesday night Bible studies and Sunday morning early prayer and all that time. We haven't harvested that yet, Pastor. That harvest is still out there. That harvest is still coming. Oh, yeah, we got a little bit here, a little bit there, but God has got, listen, that latter-day rain is coming. That latter-day rain is coming, and we have got to have faith. The world is not falling apart. The church is not falling apart. There is a harvest coming. It's bitter. It's bigger and better than this cloud. It's greater than a pandemic. You don't know and I don't know what it takes to turn the hearts of humanity to God. It may take something much worse than this, but they will never turn to God if the church is not being the church. What does that mean? That means I can't have fear. I've got to worship God. Do I take precautions? Yes, I do. I'm going to fist bump you every time, but I'm going to magnify the Lord. I'm still going to read my Bible. I'm still going to come and pray. I'm still going to pay my tithes. I'm still sowing into Why? Because I'm not listening to the cloud. Blah, 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 blah. Who knew clouds could talk? Blah, 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 blah. They never shut up. I mean, some of you like, I, I, I love the sound of the rain on the roof. But it doesn't sound quite as good if you're outside in the rain, does it? I'm not preaching prosperity doctrine to us. I've been talking about three weeks now about being the church. I'm talking to us about being believers in the building and out of the building, on my street and at my job, when I can go. I'm the church. I'm I'm the instrument of God. And I don't know what crazy Samaritan woman is going to walk up to my well or what well I'm going to walk up to and meet somebody who's not like me. But I can't have some presupposed idea that because what because they're different than me, they don't want Jesus Christ. Because right now I have no idea who wants Jesus Christ and who doesn't. I can't I can't look through the lens and the focus of humanity. I can't watch the wind and go, oh no, they're a biker with tattoos. They can't come to church, can they, Brother Bruce? But listen, I'm telling somebody, there is a harvest coming. Right. 
All those prayers we prayed, all those messages you preached, all the lessons we taught, every prayer meeting, every special event we held, they're all sowing seed, and we can't regard the cloud. It's time to harvest. It's time for an influx. It's time to grow. God wants to do something in the last day, but you have got to believe it. To harvest. Last point. I always, I always reap more than I sow. Genesis chapter 26, verse 12. Isaac sowed in the land. Some of you need to write this down in your Bible. If you got a device you need to do somehow, mark it on your device. I don't know how you do that. Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year an hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. So this law works both ways, in the sowing of good and the sowing of evil. We never reap less. We always reap more, right? Listen, because God wants you to understand, he's built this into the world that we live in. You need to get, I want you to just, I'm out of time, but grasp this. For every little seed Isaac put in the ground, he received a 100 yield. One kernel of corn, 100 kernels of corn. Now, you know, that's pretty incredible, right? One of these plants, 100 of these plants. One One potato, 100 potatoes. I don't know what, one, one yam, 100, I don't know. That's what I'm reading the Bible. That's what he says, right? I, I want you to understand, if I told some of you that this principle that God would honor this, some of you would not wait for me to finish. You would run, walk, or crawl to the nearest ATM. If I told you that if you gave $100, God would return it to you 100-fold, you would be gone and back here. It would be amazing. And pastor would go, Amen. But just think with me the potential that every prayer you prayed, every dance you've danced, every dollar you've given, every song you sung has the potential, not according to me, but according to the word of God, to come back 100-fold. Every message you've preached, Every song we've sung has the potential, according to the Word of God, to come back 100-fold. That lost loved one, every church service they miss, they get 100. Think about what that means. But the cloud comes in and tells us that it's no use the storm is coming, it's a tragedy, it's a travesty, it may rain, it may storm, but I want to be like Job. I want to say, I know what I have been planting. Come on, somebody, I know it's Wednesday night, but you ought to get this in your spirit. I know what I've been planting. I've been planting some fruit in the spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Quit looking at the wind. Quit regarding the, come on, quit regarding the cloud. Everything I planted, God is going to give the increase. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus. Sometimes it is easy to start on your destination without really knowing the exact path it takes to get there. To get to our destination, we need to follow the one who knows our predestined path. So be sure to subscribe and watch us on Facebook Live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And also visit us at www.livinghopemd.com. So I'm going to wait on you, Jesus. I'm going to wait on you, Jesus.